how quick the time passed. At the last day of our retreat, it really felt very fast. No? Did you also notice? Thank you. Thank you so much. So today I would like to share with you a verse from the Bhagavatam uh, that speaks about relationships uh, that uh, free us from all the tribulations of material existence. How to uh, have relationships that uh, mm, are so blissful. After all, the subject of this retreat is community, association and sangha. So we uh, turn to the Bhagavatam really for guidance how to make our relationships ex uh, good. And I will also give you a, a test today. Um, and uh, you will uh, get this test uh, later sent on your WhatsApp message so that you can uh, feel no stress uh, if you are able to copy it down or not. Good. So let us chant this Bhagavatam verse. Gunadikan mudam lipset Anukrosham gunadhama Maitrim samanat anvichen Natapal abibuyate Every person should act like this. When he meets a person more qualified than himself, he should be very pleased. When he meets someone less qualified than himself, 
he should laugh about him. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, 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 I'm a little tired. When he meets someone less qualified than himself, he should be compassionate toward him. And when he meets someone equal to himself, he should intensely compete. <laughs> no, no, sorry. And when, he, and when he meets someone equal to himself, he should make friendship with him. In this way, one is never affected by the threefold miseries of this material world. Srila Prabhupada writes a very observative uh, purport. Generally, when we find someone more qualified than ourselves, we become envious of him. Oh, why him? Why him? Why him? When we find someone less qualified, we deride him. And when we find someone equal, we become very proud of our activities. It means, you know, we, we tell them proudly that, you know, I did this, I do, did that. These are the causes of material tribulations. The great sage Narada therefore advised that a devotee should act perfectly. Instead of being envious of a more qualified man, one should be jolly to receive him. Instead of being oppressive to a less qualified man, one should be compassionate towards him, just to raise him to the proper standard. And when one meets an equal, instead of being proud of one's own activities before him, one should treat him as a friend. One should also have compassion for the people in general who are suffering due to forgetfulness of Krishna. These important functions will make one happy within this material world. Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namaste Sadasvati Devem Gauravani Pachamine Nivesheshashunyavadi Bhaskatya Eshatadine Sri Krishna Jaitanam Prabhu Nityamnanda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasadigo Bhaktavinda. And our favorite Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, my dear devotees, uh, we all would like our community Pandavasena to be a place where we and also the many people who are potentially interested can find a real uh, strengthening and soothing relationships. 
We know that good relationships make our life very, very nice. Mm. I once remember seeing in, in Mumbai uh, a beggar who was just very, very happy. And uh, I asked my, my, uh, the devotee who drove the car to just ask him wh what was his recipe. I said to him, you are a beggar, you seem to be poor, but you look so happy. What, 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 what gives you joy? And he said, Maharaj, I have very good friends and I don't care about uh, external circumstances as long as my relationships are good. And I said, true, true, this is a very good rea realization. I, I was ex uh, surprised by the wise words which came to him. So we know relationships uh, can be the cause of strengthening our heart and the cause of heartbreak when they are uh, bad. So. Mm, here, Narada Muni mm, gives an advice to uh, Dhruva Maharaj. Dhruva Maharaj was furious. He was upset. He felt mm, offended uh, by his stepmother. And he mm, dropped everything. Uh, and on the advice of uh, his uh, mother, uh, real mother, he went to the forest to, to complain with God and to find him and tell him uh, this is what happened. So on the way he met Narada Muni who gave him this very good advice. Mm. Uh, Prabhupada describes that um, generally when we meet someone who is more qualified, mm, we do become envious. I remember there was the Rupa Nanda show or Nanda Rupa show I, 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 I forgot and one of and there was this one person uh, who was very very um, disturbed because his friend got more likes on the Facebook uh, and he became very envious and uh, I remember did you remember there was this very good show it was very I mean, this was something for the British TV, it has such a standard. So, because it showed when meeting more qualified persons, we become envy, envious. But Narada Muni said, no. Uh, instead of becoming envious, you should feel joy in the heart. Wow, this person does such wonderful things. Um, Especially in devotional life, we should think, oh, he satisfies Krishna. Krishna must be satisfied with this devotee. And uh, in that way, we are free from envy, an envious mode. We have to think Krishna-centered and not self-centered. And then the moment we do that or manage to have this shift in consciousness, we see things different. Oh, Krishna must be happy that he served so nicely by these devotees. Oh, it's so nice that the Krishna conscious movement goes on and this devotee uh, so nicely preaches. And uh, we should feel <coughs> joy. And that is possible if we send 
uh, if we put Krishna in the center and if we put our false idea about who we are, this is called the false ego, out of the center. Now, generally, when we meet someone who's less qualified, first we feel relieved. Oh, at least there's one fool who's more foolish than me. And the next thing is, we deride them. But Narada Muni tells us, no, this is not the right reaction. We should feel compassionate towards uh, this person. And Prabhupada says, we should help him to come to the proper standard of life. Now, when we find someone who's equal to us, mm, we try to show off as being slightly better, having a slightly better intelligence, slightly better looks, slightly better contacts, slightly more success in our preaching, Hare Krishna, and become intensely competitive. Uh, but Narada Muni again says, no, when you meet someone who is equal, you should be friendly instead. My dear devotees, these three uh, unenlightened uh, reactions mm, are the cause of all material sufferings. If you can correct them, you are free from all material tribulations. Mm, so again, when we see someone who is qualified, we should look out if he's, mm, that we don't uh, come into the envious mm, reaction. But what should we feel, ideally? Pleased. How is that possible? Krishna-centered, not me-centered. Yes, good. When we meet someone who's less qualified, what should we avoid? Looking down on him, yes, deriding him. Um, but instead, what should we feel? Come, you know everything. Mm -hmm. And when we see someone who is equal, what should we avoid? Trying to show off and compete with them, but instead we should uh, look for what? Friendship. Friendship, no? He's equal, let's forever friendly talk like this. This is the panta shown by a Mahajan. Uh, Narada Muni's words in the Bhagavad Gita of, are of eternal value. And since he is one of the great souls, Mahajan, uh, we can follow his path and know we will be successful. Mahajana yena gatasa panta. Follow the path of the great ones. Let us feel... Try to feel joyful when we meet a more qualified person by being, uh, seeing things um, through the lens of, of what would please Krishna. Let us try to um, feel or at least act compassionate when we find a less qualified person. And let us stop trying to compete uh, um, and showing off um, when we meet a person who is on a 
our level, but be happy that here is a potential good friend. These, my dear devotees, are the reactions of Madhyama Adhikari. I think you have heard that we all start as Kanishta Adhikaris, and our goal should be to come to the Madhyama Adhikari. I do have a friend in ISKCON, his name is Ravinda Swarupabhu. Who of you have heard, has heard about him? Oh, good. He is a good philosopher. And um, there was a time in our movement when the relationships between devotees were lacking in friendliness. And he wrote an article. It was very much um, regarded as an important contribution, uh, which is uh, where he said the, the next level for ISKCON to reach. And there, he spoke about that it's necessary for us to stop being neophyte devotees who act uh, in, in, in these uh, ways. We feel envious when we meet someone who's qualified. We deride the less qualified and we compete with the equals. It's, it's, it's a Kanishta state. Let us hear now a little bit more about what a Kanishta Adhikari is. My dear devotees, this information will pinch your heart because you might find in some areas, ooh, I didn't know that I'm a Kanishta, um, that is a, a great beginner, um, and so on. He said, a society of devotees in which proper Vaishnava relationships are not yet the norm is called a Kanishta Adhikari society. Its distinguishing characteristic is contentiousness arising from envy. I looked up the word contentiousness today. It's, it's something where, where an arguments are, are coming and discuss, argumentative discussions be, um, uh, arising from envy. Envy is a product of false ego. Because of false ego, the members are unable to establish spiritual friendships amongst themselves. It, it, this could be written about Pandavasena, therefore I'm writing it when, when it's not doing well. Pandavasena is most of the time doing exceptionally well, but this is now a little self-introspection when we are not so good. No? Instead of making spiritual friendships, the div uh, people vie with each other. Vie means to compete with each other for prestige, power, and perquisites. I looked that word up. It means benefits which come due to your position and so on. Inten they are intensely desire desiring the honor and respect of others. And in this way, the contentious or argumentative neophyte pretends to be more advanced than he actually is. <coughs> he tries to conceal his shortcomings and fall downs, and in so doing, he develops a secretive mentality and holds himself back from entering into open and honest relationship with his fellow devotees. 
Because such a person cannot reveal his mind in confidence, he remains aloof from real fellowship and friendship. He strays from the path of devotional service, but his peers do not help him. For he thinks if he allows someone to preach to him, he implicitly admits his own subordination. You know, like when wolves fight, when they, when they finally give up, they show their jugular vein to the other, and then the other knows, well, I could kill him now by biting into the, the, into the, the this, this vein. But he doesn't do it, it's, it's codex, you know, and then someone does this. So then a neophyte devotee feels, if I show my vulnerability, my vulnerable spot, by admitting my weakness and looking for counsel, I am subordinating myself, and the other could well kill me for this. Mm. Um, uh, therefore, he cuts himself off from hearing and becomes impervious impervious, he becomes immune to instructions or good advice. Because he has many secret misgivings about himself, he becomes eager to find the faults of others. <laughs> A faulty person sees faults everywhere. Not, but except in his own heart. He doesn't want to see that. That way, he reassures himself of his own superiority in spite of his many unacknowledged weaknesses. How does it sit with you? Strong words, isn't it? Can you follow or is it too fast? Siam you can follow? Mm. Spiritual immaturity, listen to this now often leads a Kanishta Adhikari to identify spiritual advancement with organizational advancement. See, I have a position. See, I'm this. See, I'm that. See, I'm secondly, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm now a, an important man in, in the organization. But that may not have anything to do with spiritual advancement. It can, but it he thinks that attaining prestige, power, and the perquisites, that is the benefits of office, is evidence of his or her spiritual advancement. Lacking the assets for real spiritual achievement, he substitutes organizational elevation, which he can attain through his cunning or political prowess. He therefore competes intensely with others for high office and he comes to believe implicitly that when one achieves a spiritually elevated state only sorry and he comes to believe implicitly implicitly that one achieves a spiritually elevated state only by becoming victorious over others. <laughs> In this way, material competition becomes institutionalized in Kanishta 
Adhikari societies. It's strong. I read this 20 years ago, and when I read it, my dear devotees, I saw, whoops, this is me. Mm. And uh, uh, just recently in America, I, mm, I was a guest of His Holiness Giyaj Maharaj, and, I, mm, and there on the table of my my um, of the guest room there was a little book which had compilations of articles and I looked at it and I found it I immediately asked if I could make a photocopy and I was mm, copy paste mm, mm, it mm, into my book because this is what I need to be aware of uh, uh, in opposition to this a mm, devotee who has made advancement and is no longer a materialistic devotee. He is known as keeping four things in the chamber of his heart. You know, we have four heart chambers. In one chamber, he has the Lord, his preferred deities. He worships them. Uh, in the other chamber, he has devotees, thinks of devotees and tries to also serve and please them. In the third heart chamber, such a devotee mm, um, who's on the middle platform uh, finds uh, a good attitude towards those who are innocent and are potentially interested in Krishna consciousness. And then in, in the fourth uh, heart chamber, this devotee who's Matyam Adhikari thinks, oh, uh, these demons, I, these materialistic, strong materialistic people, I, I don't want to criticize them and engage my mind with them. I rather avoid their company. I disregard them. I, I'm not uh, paying attention to them negatively nor positively. Um, so, so this is the heart of a Matyam Adhikari. Boom, 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 boom. Healthy heart. Boom, 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 boom. Krishna, 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 Krishna. Boom, 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 boom. Devotees, devotees, devotees. Boom, 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 boom. I want to preach to those uh, innocent people. Boom, 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 boom. People who are gross materialists, and so on. Uh, our ways don't cross. We don't see alike. I disregard them, ignore them. No, not that uh, Kanishta Adhikari, on the other hand, will talk maybe a whole lecture about the faults of materialists. <laughs> uh, but uh, he engages with them uh, negatively. But he engages because he is still on the materialistic platform and resonates, vibrates on, on this. Mm, yeah, so this is how a devotee should act. Now the interesting thing according to Haridas Thakur is if you only try to have the heart of a devotee, what were, were present, what was hard, what was present in the heart of a Madhyam Adhikari in these four chambers? 
again. Let us see if we get it together. Lord, devotees, innocent, and materialist. Uh, so to say, he has four attitudes towards these four types of people. What attitude does he have to the Lord? Worship, yes, worship. What attitude he has towards devotees? Service and friendship, yes. What attitude he has towards the innocent? Compassionate preaching, yes. And what attitude towards the, the envious materialist? Indifference, yes. Nirapeksha, it is called in Sanskrit. Or disregard, no? disregard is another thing. So this is what we need to develop if we want to come to a healthy spiritual Pandavasena. We need to have a, a good heart, boom, 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 of the, the Matyam Arikaris. Because Kanishta Arikaris, who equate material successes with spiritual successes, will always compete with each other. There will always be enviousness towards each other. There will, al will always be gossip about the, f not gossip, um, <coughs> there will always be discussion about the, the fall downs or disappointments from others. Not that we, we should totally correct mistakes. I like this point of Naveen Krishna Prabhu, which he made on the two questions and answer sessions. We should correct the wrong, no? but it should not be our only subject of life. No? It should be. <coughs> so, Kanishta Adhikaris will always be envious and so on. But if you try to be, this is the point of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, if you try to uh, develop love for Krishna, if you make friendship with Krishna's bhaktas, devotees, if you are compassionate towards the balisha, the ignorant fool, and if you are aradveshi upekshana, if you ignore an offender, then you come to the stage of the matyam adhikari. And if you behave like that, my dear devotees, then soon you will experience some purity in your heart and as a result of this purity, you can really develop the qualification to chant the holy name always. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, with great taste, Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. It becomes your best friend in the material world because Krishna reveals himself. When he sees that we make an effort to act maturely, no? once again, we develop our love for Krishna that we work on, we make friendship with the Krishna's devotees. We become compassionate towards the, those who are in, ignorant and we uh, ignore offenders. No? And this brings us to the level where we can chant the holy name always and bind Krishna in our heart. My dear devotees, this movement for Krishna consciousness is meant to stop envy amongst us. It is meant to uh, raise beyond the Kanishta level. Prabhupada writes here in the fifth canto 
The Krishna consciousness movement, that's us here, aims at creating an atmosphere of super enviousness. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Once again, just checking on you, just checking. The Krishna consciousness movement aims at creating an atmosphere of non-envy. Of course, it is not possible for everyone to become Krishna conscious, but the Krishna consciousness movement creates an exemplary society wherein there is no envy. And this means mm, the, the, the devotees come from the Kanishta platform to the Matyam platform. And this means they have these four attitudes in their heart. They may not have them, but they have to practice them. I want to tell you a story where I'm sure you will laugh about my use of the English language. But I don't care. <laughs> it's a famous story of two boys who one Christmas morning, it was early, tipped down the steps to see what Santa Claus had brought for him. Uh, may I just know, uh, you come from a different cultural background, did you also celebrate in your families? Do you know Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just making sure. Uh, I mean, I must tell you, I lived for that one day <laughs> in the year. Uh, and uh, I, I remember um, my parents always locked the, in the evening when we were asleep. They, uh, uh, they were in the living room and Santa Claus was also there. And uh, um, then uh, Santa Claus brought many things. And then they, after he was done, they locked uh, the Christmas, the, this, this living room, and they, they slept. And we were supposed to come in this room in the evening of the next day, the Christmas evening. But for a little boy like me, it was not possible. Uh, to, uh, to tolerate the waiting period. So, so I would uh, try to find the key of the living room. In fact, I had a double uh, also. <laughs> uh, and then in the morning when my parents were asleep, exhausted from their work with Santa Claus, uh, <laughs> I was going in. So, so there were these two boys who on the morning of the Santa Claus, they were also too curious. They, they went into the room to see what Santa Claus had brought them. Mm. But they only found a terribly smelling excrement under the Christmas tree. It was really bad, bad fragrance or odor. Um, so one of these boys turned around, tears in his eyes, furious, in a rage, ran up the stairs and cried that Santa Claus, if after all, only a fairy tale, he had betrayed him. But the other boy was extremely different. He said, where there is a poop, 
there is a pony, <laughs> pony, pony, little horse. Where there is poop, there is pony. And he was right. Santa Claus <laughs> had brought the pony, but it stayed outside for, you know, just these reasons, you know, that they, <laughs> they, they, they had uh, different toilet habits, you know. He saw the same thing, the terribly, the, 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 what, uh, how do you say, the odorous, odorous excrement. But he saw, he, he went a little bit further and he could see uh, the, 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 the pony. My dear devotees, it is important for you to see the pony. In all relationships, there will be some stress. There will be some misunderstanding just due to the fact that we are different individuals and have, this Bhujan Prabhu always says, we have different viewpoints. That is, different points from where we view the world. So we see different things. Also in Pandava Sena, there will be mm, stress, there will be misunderstanding, there will be human dunk. It, what else do human beings, human, not what else, but this is one of the <laughs> byproducts of being human. No? Um, uh, you, we have to learn to be respectful in these relationships work things out and look for the pony, you know, for the good, good thing. Uh, in other words, become free from the desire to be respected by others in our way, what is our way. And here I come to my main point. How can we become free from this desire to be respected by others, which comes from in insecurity. We will have to develop something like a healthy self-respect or we will have to act in a way that we self-regulate ourselves. We will have to work, self-respect is a word which we don't like so much, so let us replace it with integrity. We have to develop our own integrity. Mm -hmm. And here is a way to increase your integrity, your inner strength, so to say, your, uh, your stable persona that is not so much in need of validation from outside. Walk your talk, my dear devotees, or say what you mean and mean what you say. Each time you walk your talk, that is, each time you act with integrity, uh, you will build up mm, a feeling that, oh yes, I'm reliable. Yes, I'm depend somewhat dependable. I'm trustworthy. Um, each time you follow true on your rules, uh, regulations on your sadhana, uh, on your <coughs> word in general, you deposit something in in your self integrity or self esteem bank account. But each time where you don't follow through on your word, mm -hmm. on your sadhana, 
and on your integrity, you communicate really to yourself, I'm not reliable, I'm not dependable, I'm, I'm useless. Each time you break something which has to do with your word, with your integrity, with your better knowledge, something in your heart gets broken. And then each time you follow up on your word, you do the right thing which you have seen as the right thing, you stabilize, you fortify, you energize, you strengthen your integrity and become a strong person. And a strong person is not dependent always on validation from outside. A weak person will do anything. He will smile, although he wants to cry. How are, when, when someone asks him, how are you? Fine. <laughs> you know, he will try to do anything to keep up the facade which hides his broken heart uh, and, and uh, pretend and so on. And, uh, but inside is a trembling heart which remains insecure. Mm, a person who uh, is uh, uh, building up his inner life, his integrity, his self-respect, you know, his dignity, dare I, dare I say this, is dignity, is it a bad word in English or it's a good word? Good. Never know. Mm -mm. Mm. He builds up something of a strong personality and then he doesn't have to sell his soul in order to get validation from others. Um, can you understand what I try to communicate? Good. Do you think this is valuable? Believe me, this is true. It is not some new age talk. It is uh, something uh, very, very, very true. If you, for instance, uh, act in these ways which Narada Muni say, uh, avoid being envious when you see the successes of others, but try to shift somehow your perspective so that you can be joyful, no? Do something. Uh, for the betterment of a person's life, no? and, and immediately uh, have a good friendly relationship with devotees who are your peers. You will see how you become strong by this. You will earn something like self-respect. Um, I'm not so happy with this word, although it is used in this context uh, by... by Healthy self-esteem. Thank you, Chichakti. This is, mm, yes, one needs actually, when one speaks in a foreign language, another person. Healthy self-esteem, no? Uh, and uh, that will be good for you. Uh, that will be very good. So I want to do a little humility, humility test with you. Our devotee will show, um, please, day two. Day two, yes. I will uh, request you now to be a little introspective. Please don't yet, yes, ask yourself. Uh, please don't show it as of yet. Please sit a little 
straightforward, or, no, not straightforward, what is it called? Straight, upright, yes. Mm. Uh, this will be a little reflective. We will not ask you to discuss it with your neighbor because you can be more mm, real with yourself. Mm. Ask yourself how much am I willing to see situations people and life from the viewpoint of others. I should be more concrete. Imagine a situation where you are having two different and slightly co contentious viewpoints. Maybe it's at home with your oldest son or oldest daughter or dare I suggest your own wife maybe or if you are a leader with those who work with you and you see they have other viewpoints, how much am I willing to see situations, people and life from the viewpoint of others? Second, how much am I detached from the need to be right? Think of a concrete situation where this question could be relevant. And the third question, which I feel is even more powerful than the others, how much can I cooperate even if it means to compromise my viewpoint for a higher goal? See yourself as a member of ISKCON or as a member of Pandavasena or as a member, as a member of a exciting preaching project within Pandavasena. How much can I cooperate even if it means to compromise for a higher goal? Thank you. Can I improve in some of these areas? If yes, how? This is something I've, I'm, you know, I just r was running you through. Thank you. That I could see from the atmosphere in the room that you were engaging in this exercise. I just was running you through because I want to give you this. Uh, I called it the humility test <laughs> uh, on your WhatsApp. So then by, by doing it one time in the group here, you know how to do it. And uh, let me see. Yeah. To end this, mm, I have 
Another set of three questions? <laughs> yes, what to do? Uh, <laughs> and then we will ask uh, our Keshava um, uh, Maharaj to maybe con uh, contribute. I thought if you have uh, some insights on how to build up this healthy self-esteem or, or we could say inner confidence also. I know in Switzerland you gave this wonderful, I mean really wonderful lecture on Krishna confident, you called it. I think this is the word we, yoke, we look for, inner confidence, no? That, how can we do this? I will now take you through an exercise of three reflective questions. And please uh, consider uh, to gain more inner strength it's always good to walk our talk. When we act like reliable persons, we attain a healthy uh, self-esteem or confidence, inner confidence about us. Mm, someone who has earned such confidence is not so dependent on outside validation or respect from others. And he can, he's a free person. He can, he can, he's an untethered <coughs> Pandavasena. Mm, good. So please. Uh, yes, day, yes, day three. We can get this. So yes, we can go. Yes, ask yourself. Again, sit properly. What can I do today to act with more integrity and say what I mean and mean what I say and finally do what I say. <laughs> There's one person, he's not in the room so I can talk. He had given me a promise three days ago and today I will ask him, did you do it? And he will look at me as if this is the strangest question to ask. <laughs> uh, then, second question. What can I do to have an excellent Japa day and an enlivening Bhagavatam reading? I think this is our sadhana. We always say holy name and Bhagavatam. So what can I do to have an excellent Japa day and an enlivening Bhagavatam reading. And finally, what can I do to make someone's day better? You know, compassionate action. Oh, I found something. Can I improve in some of these areas? If yes, how? <laughs> Thank you very much. I admit I'm a little bit fast, but I want to uh, ask our Keshava Maharaj. Mm. See, I was thinking, Kanishta Adhikari's or beginners in spiritual life are just holding on to material values, position, 
they quarrel with each other, they are insecure. But someone who goes higher and uh, actually engages with Krishna, the devotees, and the innocent in a mature way, he will get so much back from Krishna that his confidence in Krishna consciousness rises uh, tremendously. So I want to ask Keshava Maharaj, please come here, Keshava Maharaj, that we can see you. We, this is for, you know, in India we sit in an ambassador with five people, so, so this is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have chair? We have chair, okay. <laughs> Thank you. But where will you sit, Naveen Krishna? Thank you, Sachinanda Maharaj, for the opportunity to share something. Um, I'm still trying to digest the poop and the pony. <laughs> but, uh, actually, uh, the, when you said that story, it triggered something in my mind. That, um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he says the holy dham is like a deep ocean which is full of many, many jewels, but it's covered by a thin layer of oil. And if someone sees very superficially and just goes away, then they will think, oh, it's just the ocean of oil. There's nothing there. But if someone goes with some patience and digs a little beyond the surface, then they'll be able to find incredible jewels. And often I think the Hare Krishna movement is the same. <laughs> the Hare Krishna movement is like actually an ocean of jewels, but it's covered sometimes by a thin layer of oil. There are problems, there are institutional challenges, there are conflicts, there are differences of opinion, arguments, um, and when we interact with the movement in a very superficial way, then we think that's what this is. These guys are just like everyone else. They have all the same problems as everyone else. What's so different about these people? But when we dig a little deeper, then we see that beyond all of this, when we look deep within the hearts of different devotees, different communities, then we see actually uh, Jews, uh, amazing things. Uh, we see Krishna. So, yeah, it was just, it reminded me, the pony, yes, the pony is there. And even though all these things may um, discourage us sometimes, 
maybe it's a difficult time in our movement at the moment with all the things that are going on and devotees do get discouraged naturally but we have to try to dig a little deeper and uh, just with regards to community I just wanted to say that we should also be the change one time I was with one sannyasi and someone came and he was saying ISKCON is like this, ISKCON is like this, ISKCON is like this and then the sannyasi just looked at him and he said you are ISKCON in other words ISKCON is not just someone something or Pandavasena is not just something we point fingers at and say it's like this or it's like that, we are, we make it what it is and uh, I just wanted to share something general on community that we actually did with Sachinanda Maharaj right here in Lincoln. We were with one group doing a retreat here and we talked about the community of love. And then we took that theme and with many communities across the world we've been discussing what it means to develop a community of love. And I was thinking actually when I was looking at everyone here and Maharaj was speaking, I was thinking that Pandavasena is actually best placed to create a community of love because when we're very very young in spiritual life then we're kind of like we don't really see community what's community it's the mission or you know it's like you know we have a very quite idealistic so young people don't always very young people don't always appreciate why community is important and old people appreciate, or older devotees appreciate why community is important, but you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> uh, it's difficult to change when you're older. But everyone here is like, you know, 18 to 30, 18 to 35. You're mature enough, you've seen life, you realize we can't do it alone, we need a community. But you're young enough to make a change, to adapt, to imbibe many, many things, to learn from Shastra and then say, like, how are we going to really do this? So what I wanted to share with you is just some ingredients of the community of love based on the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Because Chaitanya Dev, what he does is, he doesn't just spread the process of Krishna consciousness, he doesn't just teach the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, but then he creates a community of love based on Krishna consciousness. So if you read the Antilila of the Chaitanya Charitamrita and you read the chapters from 2 to 13, then basically before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu goes into complete seclusion for the apex, the final point of his life, he does one last thing, which is he spends time with all of his devotees and he creates a beautiful community in Jagannath Puri. And if you study that part of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, there are ingredients that you can then draw on to understand what it means to create a community of love. And I'll just say them very, very briefly. And I'm saying them briefly to you because I think Pandavasena has the seeds and maybe more of all of those ingredients. And if you just develop these things, the community will grow. The first one is Mahaprabhu sees Haridas Thakur and Mahaprabhu just appreciates so much the spiritual absorption of Haridas Thakur. How because of spiritual absorption he's become so indifferent to all challenges, all difficulties. Because of spiritual absorption he's able to tolerate anything. 
sickness, suffering, uh, offers of sense gratification, nothing, because of spiritual absorption. First essential characteristic of a community of love, everyone must be spiritually growing in their absorption. So we must look and say, how is everyone growing in Krishna consciousness in their absorption? A community is only as strong as the individual strength of each person. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu meets Rupa Goswami, and when he meets Rupa Goswami, he gives so much encouragement, he gives so many words of empowerment, and Rupa Goswami emerges as this incredibly empowered devotee. This is the second ingredient of a community of love, that there's so much encouragement and empowerment, that in a community of love, everyone is looking at each other and saying, how can I serve the other people in this community to do the best they can, to be the best they can? How can I serve um, all of the others so that they can rise, become more? Encouragement and empowerment, the second ingredient. Third ingredient is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu meets Sanatan Goswami. And amongst all of Sanatan Goswami's amazing qualities, what Mahaprabhu appreciates in him most is his culture. Because Sanatan Goswami, he does this act of walking along the beach at Jagannath Puri because he doesn't want to defile the pujaris of the Jagannath temple. He has such etiquette and culture, and Mahaprabhu says this is an ornament of a devotee. There's no community without culture. There's no community without etiquette. There's no community without dealing with each other with proper language, with proper behavior, with proper sensitivity. There's no community without sensitivity. And that's the third ingredient. Mahaprabhu then meets Raghunath Das Goswami, and Raghunath Das Goswami's special quality is that he's so detached. He's just so indifferent to everything that everyone is chasing in the world. Community is built on detachment from power, detachment from prestige, detachment from position, detachment from popularity. When we create a culture in the community where these are not the things which are promoted, these are not the things which are deemed as success, then people actually go for the real thing. But when we create a community where we, um, everyone is competing for power, prestige, uh, popularity, because these are the things that are glorified, then we uh, skew everyone in the wrong direction. So Raghunath Das Goswami just signifies someone who's detached from all of that. And when you create a community in which people realize those things are not success, the success is much deeper, then the community of love grows. And the final thing we can say that the community of love is based on is there's all these interactions in the Antilila of judgment. Ramachandra Puri judges Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Pradyumna Mishra judges Ramananda Rai. And they, and they all found to be wrong. Their judgment was wrong. One of the biggest difficulties in community is judgment. 
It's, uh, it's amazing how quick we are to judge others. And it blocks relationship. Judgment blocks relationship, and without relationship, there's no community. And so when we create um, a community which is non-judgmental, then uh, the love grows. And it all works. All of these five ingredients come together and build a community of love because there's one extra ingredient to the community, and that is uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When you have uh, seniors, leaders in a community who are just able to bring everyone together, to string everything together, to um, give their own love, to be the glue in that community, then it all works. And so I was thinking that for Pandavasena, perhaps Sachinandan Maharaj is that person who has... Uh, <laughs> Of course, many are there. But uh, these seniors who are really then pulling everyone together and their presence. Uh, you know, I, I can't think of one community which has formed without uh, yeah, very deep spiritual leaders who are bringing everyone together. And so uh, we're very fortunate to to have uh, to have that in Panavasena and so that ing so so when I was thinking of this I was thinking wow Panavasena has all the ingredients but we need to uh, develop it more we need to water those seeds and um, spiritual absorption detachment culture empowerment non-judgmentalism and respect for our leaders our um, mothers and fathers who are nurturing the community and. And like this, it will come about. So, yeah, we feel very fortunate to be here. And uh, it was so nice to, uh, to spend time with you. And, um, yeah, this morning, the mood is a little... Y last Yesterday, <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, it was a bit... Whenever I'm with Pandavasena, I start end up saying things and doing things that I would do nowhere else. <laughs> it's like... Uh, Anyway, there's that, there's P-Sensor, right? There's something <laughs> P-Sensor, so that, that maybe we can not put that yesterday's lecture <laughs> on the internet, because it was a little, you know, I was just sharing a little bit of my heart, but, um, so yeah, sorry if it was a little, uh, so today I'm just a little more serious and sober, um, but it was very nice to be with all of you, and uh, yeah, so encouraged and thank you for uh, accepting me as part of the community. Uh, it's very, uh, very much appreciated and uh, good to see so many uh, friends. Yes, uh, Sandy Pan is there, he's an imposing figure at the back. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, old, my old friend, the dictatorial regime era of Pandavasena. <laughs> <laughs> But it's nice, in the community means so many different characters, so many different personalities. <laughs> you need all the flavors, you know? And uh, one thing's for sure, Pandavasena has all the flavors. <laughs> uh, it takes, takes them all. Uh, so it's really beautiful. And uh, thank you so much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.
Krishna. Thank you so very much, uh, Keshava Maharaj, for bringing out this uh, idea of community of love and mm, highlighting uh, these five points. I encourage you to listen again to the lecture. And, you know, we have to, when something makes sense to us, it's good if we practice uh, with these things. I, I would like to leave you with the heart of a Madhyam Adhikari. That is my uh, gift to you, uh, where there is worship to Krishna, uh, service to Vaishnavas, compassionate preaching to the, um, inno the, the, the innocent people, and uh, just uh, disregard uh, to the envious miscreants. That, that uh, is something um, in our heart beats like a Vaishnava. Or if we practice uh, to get a heart like this, then Krishna will be quickly attracted. Yeah, uh, thank you. P please stay. I want to just also say at the end when Keshava Maharaj gave this very nice ad uh, advice of these five points, mm. and he said, elders are required. I noticed this as one great strength of Pandavasena. The elderly devotees, we call them alumni, are present here. And because you're present, I think the younger have a sense of security. Naveen, of course, <coughs> but also Sandipani Krishna, Krishna Kirtan, Vrindavan uh, Bihari, Vrindavan Bihari, that's, that's the na right name, Vrindavan Bihari, Ch I think your name is Chaitanya, something with Chaitanya. Uh, Nimaichanda, yeah. And, and many, many, uh, I cannot now go through all the list. Suchirani is there, Nilamani, and Chitsakti, and, and so on and so forth. I think uh, this is very, very, very important. Um, and that these elders then give the microphone to someone like Harsh, who has <laughs> poetic uh, uh, talents, uh, Useful energy and makes us scream like we do in Pandavasena, <laughs> and uh, this young youthful expression that is also uh, that is necessary. But the, this can go on uh, before the background of sympathetic elders who say, "Yes, yes, you do, you do, mm, uh, good." Ah, did you notice three days? <laughs> went like this? Uh, am, am I the only one? Uh, it, it went, that's when you like things. When you dislike things, oh. then even a, 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 a 10 minutes appears like torturous, uh, a whole century which does not pass. So, so very good. Fine, so we will end here. Uh, questions, well, <laughs> questions, there's no real time. Or, or should we have two questions? Maybe one for, for Keshava Maharaj, one for myself to conclude it, because some interaction 
What do you think, Naveen? Is it okay? Yes. Uh, now, these must be good questions. I see our, our yes, uh, I only know you as the wife of Siam Gopal. Please introduce yourself. Yes, Madhuri Mandari, yes, I remember. Thank you so much for your talk. Um, and you're speaking about integrity and developing your self-confidence, and that can help with this insecurity and the need for validation. Yes. And I was wondering, how do you avoid when you're trying to develop integrity? And let's say that you are kind of reassuring yourself or reminding yourself, I'm following through on things and starting to do things. How do you stop that from becoming arrogance and pride? Because that insecurity leads you to want to feel superior to other people. Yes, correct. And if you're always trying to, I don't know, build yourself up, then that dependency can use that to feel better than others. Correct. Very observative question. Have you, no have you noted? The problem is insecurity. So build up some self-confidence by following through on things is uh, the uh, pres prescribed, <coughs> prescribed medicine. But then now the, the cause that is insecurity will most probably play mm, uh, and uh, in a way even spoil your self-confidence because now you become very, very proud of yourself. <laughs> this is this is the question. What a wonderful question in, the t in terms of thinking about the question. I have thought about this a lot. Uh, and my personal answer is mm, the best way to deal with the need uh, for, for, you know, the best counter medicine against pride is if you shift a little bit the picture. I can be pride that I'm a tall German <coughs> when I'm next to a, mm, a small built Bengali. You know, they are usually small <laughs> in, 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 in size. No, it is not a. This is. Physical, physical, you know, it is, <coughs> it, it, uh, what? Uh, yeah, it is, uh, yeah. So then, okay. But if I'm next to one of these baseball players from America, who are, you know, up to the ceiling so large, then I appear very small. So if I compare myself with uh, people uh, who are, uh, are you know on the process uh, in the process of developing Krishna consciousness? Uh, then I may have uh, uh, there may be some indicators that I'm um, longer in the movement. I'm have uh, more. I've written more books, or I have done this or that. 
mm, and so on. But if I compare myself to the real Vaishnavas, uh, then I have no reason any longer to be pride. Uh, and the way I do this, <coughs> I regularly read one composition by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, mm, uh, Sharanagati. I once, uh, in the introduction to these prayers, it is said, it's asked, whose prayer does Krishna listen to? He hears all prayers, but what prayer does he listen to in the sense, take it to heart? It's uh, a prayer of those who practice these Sharanagatis. And when you Madhuri Mandari, when you read these prayers in a very gentle way, you, you hear the expression of a humble surrender to Krishna, and you, you see, wow, that's the standard. And when you feel uh, these uh, <laughs> pony excrements <laughs> coming in your mind, you say, this is not required, this is not uh, necessary here. Bring yourself in the mindset where you feel surrendered and hum humble by either comparing yourself with the great devotees or by reading the ex expressions of, of uh, real Krishna consciousness like in this prayer collection or other prayer collections. And then uh, you will feel it's so foolish and I... I I spoil everything now uh, by being pride. Why, why should I? I always feel like this. When I was young, I was overeating all this on, on delicious preparation. Pizza, for instance. There was no limit upwards for me. Mm. And nowadays, I, I feel, why should I spoil the whole experience of eating a delicious meal by overeating and then suffering afterwards. In the same way, uh, we have been able to do some service. Why should I spoil now everything by entering this tribal, trivial pride, which is, there is no basis. Madhuri, Manjari, if you compare yourself with the real Vaishnavas, you will. There is no, there is no place for pride. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I distributed more books, or I organized this <coughs> program, and so on. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and read read in the scriptures uh, that the, these prayers. Ooh. Hare Krishna, Haribo. I hope it helps. Yes. So. One question for Keshava Maharaj. Akash's, Akash's head turns around. That's uh, <laughs> 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 what the question. Well, we can also not force a question to appear. Uh, it should also be a real question. It's a real question, yes? So, so yes. Uh, uh, who, who? There's Kapil and uh, who, who is in the other? Uh, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Um, so 
Uh, which comes to also the videos regarding sometimes we've been talking a lot about when we have envy towards others or sometimes negative emotions towards others or negative feelings towards others. Um, how can we, if we're in a receiving mood of those same things, sometimes it may not be from something that we feel that we're worthy of, but we may be, we can sense someone's envy, sense someone's anger, lust, etc. Um, and obviously puts us in quite an uncomfortable position. How do you, how do you build up a spiritual and also a practical sense? Because um, there's often more emphasis on what we are, what we, we have control over, but what we're not actually in control of that emotion. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> so how do we respond when we're on the receiving end of someone else's seeming envy towards us? The first thing we have to realize is that we're viewing reality through a lens and that lens is not always a true lens. <coughs> One person said to me, in the first 20 years of your life, you're very concerned what people think about you. In the second 20 years of your life, you don't really care anymore what people think about you. And then later on, you realize no one was really thinking about you anyway. <laughs> so we, sometimes we have this over sense that, you know, it's all that people are thinking about me, it's me, it's me, it's like... People got their own lives, you know, they, you know, so sometimes, so we also like, we just check ourselves to think like, okay, just like, is it real? Is it real? But sometimes it does happen. There are, there are envious people in the world. We have envy. We direct our envy towards others. So it's natural that someone may also do the same to us. A Vaishnava is always trying to learn from the emotions that others direct towards them. You see, our, in the material world, the default is that when someone directs their emotions towards you, you just become defensive. And there's a sense in which we have to protect ourselves as well. But a Vaishnava is never just defensive. A Vaishnava is always introspective. Defensiveness without introspectiveness is not because we believe in karma. So that means everything is coming to you for a reason. So even someone's envy towards you, uh, maybe it's coming to you for a reason. So we have to think, if it's someone's envious or someone's critical, is there something I need to learn from this? Is there something I can use in this that can help me grow? When we elevate ourselves more, we don't just learn from things and, and improve ourselves, but we act as instruments of mercy. Lincoln, he said, I kill all of my enemies by making them my friends. We may think that's so elevated, like how I do that? Try it. Try to start serving the people that are envious towards you. Try to start seeing 
why is it that they're hurting so much that they feel that they need to direct such things towards me? Uh, not only will you help them to overcome their envy, but actually you'll develop so much uh, spiritual substance from that. So, I would say like this. Defense, we have to protect ourselves. But it doesn't stop there. Then learn, introspect, and then reach out and try and help. It was a German, I don't know if I say it right, Goethe is it? Goethe. He said, treat, treat a man as he is and he'll remain as he is. But treat a man as he can and should be and he'll become what he can and should be. So there's a sense in which as Vaishnavas then we're not just, we're also trying to go out and say like, when these people direct such things towards me, it means they're hurting. I should try to help. So like that, protect yourself. First, reality check. Then protect yourself. Then learn, introspect, develop. And then try to reach out and help. And like that, we... Um, we can use all of these things. Every single person that's in your life, whether it's your friends, your critics, uh, you know, all of these people in your life are there by it for a reason. Um, so, like that. Hare Krishna. Wow. Okay.